Good morning to each one. It's a privilege to be here. As I mentioned in sharing time, I had a wedding on Friday. And I've done a number of weddings over the years, but not often enough to where I could say I feel comfortable with it. And this morning, I, I have a typical nervousness or a typical feeling for a Sunday morning when I have to preach. But for me, it's at a whole different level when I'm performing a wedding ceremony. I don't consider myself to do well with formality. And when things get really serious, I'll tend to say something to make light of the situation in some way. So I have to watch myself, because you don't want to do that when it's not appropriate. And thankfully, I the couple's married, as far as I know. <laughs> and I uh, don't have any huge regrets, so that's good. But the message that I had, if you can call it a message, I guess it was a message. Uh, when it, it was a wedding where there was a time frame and I was, I felt pretty good about myself because when the couple walked up the aisle and, and, and I started saying my thing, I had the welcome, the, the message, the vows, the dismissal, everything. But when the couple was married and was walking down the aisle, my phone recording was at about 17 minutes, less than 18 minutes. But I want to take what I shared and lengthen it a little bit, but not too far, and share on the same subject today with y'all. I hope that's okay. So it's going to be a message that's targeting or aimed at married couples. Those that are single, uh, don't be disappointed. I believe this message applies to all relationships, but it's going to be aimed at married couples. And you'll find as I start along, it's nothing new. But hopefully with the realization that life never gets old, that you will find life in the message today that you can apply in your relationships and more specifically your marriage relationship. The title is A Love That Lasts Forever. And when you think of marriage, you automatically think of love. At least it would be a natural word that would come in the conversation when you talk about marriage. Many of us have been married for some time now. Brooke and I are looking forward to our 18th wedding anniversary next August. And truthfully, those of us that have been married for a number of years, we should be well acquainted with what it means to love and how living in love should look like. 
we say that love is a choice. I think we've probably all heard that. I want to question that just a little bit. Is that entirely true to say that love is a choice? It would be hard for me, if not impossible, to be a very loving, proper husband if I only felt resentful and was going at it by choice alone. Eating is a choice, even though some would act if perhaps they have no choice in the matter. But what if you had to eat but were never hungry? And you get the point on that. It helps to eat if you're hungry. It helps to love your spouse if you have a desire to do so. What if, I want you to think about this, what if loving our spouse is actually a consequence, a result of something or someone else? What if, instead of loving because it's the right thing, instead we love because we are loved? What if I love my wife, for you husbands, what if I love my wife because love is actually flowing through me? What if my love for her is not really my love at all? My wife said, I guess this can be your Valentine message early. I guess you can think of it that way. But there's a verse that you've probably heard me share maybe in various contexts recently. But this verse has taken on new meaning to me, just fresh truth, even though it has done much to change my life in the last 10 years or so. It's just recently uh, just taken on new light. It's begun to shine again. And this verse is in John 14, verse 23. And I'll read it in the ESV. And I love what it says here. And I want to just not rush through this. Jesus was talking to the disciples before he went to be crucified. And he said these words, If anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Think of this in your marriage relationship. Think of back when you first became married. After that, you started a home. Think of it in that light. I think it's so beautiful. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him. And we, my father and I, will come to him and make our home with him. Many wives long for an emotional and relational connection 
with their husband. Many a husband lives baffled as he tries unsuccessfully to understand his wife. Many books have been written on trying to understand and know how to better love your spouse. I want to take you on a little journey of thought. Is love a gift? I think we could all agree that love is a gift. Think of you giving love to your spouse. Think of that as a gift you're giving to him or her. Love is a gift. So think of it this way. How big a gift can you afford? With all your money, from all your accounts, how much are you worth? How much money could you loan? If you went to loan money, giving everything you have and everything that you can loan, if you give your life, how big? How big would your gift be? Anyone that knows about things like time and money realizes the potential in investing. When you invest money or time, there is potential for something to grow far beyond what you alone are capable of. Are you with me? When you invest in God's love, think of this, investing in God's love, you can give a gift that keeps giving because it's coming from a continual gift-giving source. Invest in God's love, and you can love far beyond what you alone are capable of. Though you're spending all your money, Eating and drinking deeply on a daily basis from the fountain of life will give you what you're looking for. Your love for God will spill over and be love for each other. How do you love God? You keep his word. Jesus said, if any man loves me, he will keep my word. How do you keep his word? You read it, you eat it, you drink it, you dwell on it. 1 John 2 verse 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. John was a man that knew what it meant to invest in the love of God. Invest his time, his money, his life. Think of the life that each of the disciples sacrificed for the love of God. But then look the life they lived. We're still reading about their life thousands of years later. Jeremiah 15, verse 16 he said this about 
God's word. He said, the words were found and I did eat them and they, and thy word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. He found satisfaction and he found the love of God to be something that was totally satisfying and fulfilling in his life. God's word we find in Ephesians is the Spirit's sword. When the Spirit has his sword, you live with the Spirit's wisdom. The Spirit's wisdom is pure, gentle, easy to understand. It's full of mercy. It's genuine and shows love in all circumstances. This is the key to a successful marriage. This is what makes the cord threefold. And we all know a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I wouldn't tell you this if this had not transformed my own marriage. God's Word is a reliable place to invest. For his word is alive and powerful and works in us to produce right motives and desires. And produces a love far beyond what we are capable of producing. In Psalm 19, several verses, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We all want a love that lasts forever. Perhaps most true within a marriage relationship. Marriage is guaranteed to be the most beautiful when God's wisdom can work and God's love can flow freely from hearts that daily feast from God's word. A love that lasts forever. First Peter chapter one, two verses. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. If anyone loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. What if you find yourself in a place where you want to read God's word on a daily basis, but you don't love his word? You don't understand his word. It may seem like foolishness, but oh, you want to. You want to want to love it. I know how that is. 
Here are some prayers you can pray. And you can write these down if you want to. One is Psalm 119, verses 26 and 29. I put those together. I thought they went beautifully with each other. I told you my plans. This is the, I believe, the words of David. But the psalmist here says, I told you my plans, and you answered. Now teach me your degrees. Keep me from lying to myself. This is something that we've been talking a lot to our children about. Because it's not natural for children or adults to just live in reality and see things for how they are. Especially in relationships. I love the prayer here. Teach me. Teach me your decrees. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instruction. Make this your prayer. Psalm 119.37 Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Nothing else around you is worth investing in. None can compare with the return of investing in the love of God. For God is love. In Him dwells no darkness. And when His love flows through you, you've invested in something much greater than yourself. Psalm 86, 1 through 7. Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I'm devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and trust you. You are my God. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I'm calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I give myself to you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. In closing, I want to read this. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your wife or your husband with a love much greater than yourself. When you invest wholly in God's love, I promise you, your marriage will be a light shining brightly in, in a dark place and will fulfill its purpose of pointing to Christ, the one and only, the way, the truth, the life. And you and your wife will experience, or you and your husband will experience a love far beyond the reaches of humanity. A love that is not your own, but is pure, gentle, 
easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and genuinely shows love in all circumstances. That love is far beyond my ability to love. Remember these words. Eat them. Think on them. Dwell on them. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. May God bless the reading of his word and his message. Thank you for listening.